Hi, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. We believe small businesses are the backbone of our nation. When your business grows, it benefits not only you and your family, it benefits your whole community. Small businesses create a vibrant and connected economy. We employ local people, we donate to local charities, and we work together to build resilient and thriving regional communities. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. And now to introduce this episode's guest. Celia Harding is a self-described PR hound, a brand storyteller and content director. She is now also the founder of a business called PR Shed. And this is a business that is specifically designed to help small businesses leverage the power of PR to help them tell their story via the media. It is a bit of a science to get your business story picked up by the media. Now, in regional areas, it can be a little bit easier to get your story in the local rag or a mention on the radio or a feature on the local news. However, even regionally, there's definitely more to gaining publicity than simply sending a journalist information about your business. Gaining media exposure at a local or national or even international level can be so valuable to your business. It's such a good way to get a message out about your business and brand. So it's definitely worth knowing what's involved to see if this is something that you may be able to consider as an inclusion in your marketing ecosystem. Seriously, I actually can't think of any business that wouldn't benefit from some media exposure. So let's dive into my conversation with Celia to find out more. Hello, Celia, and welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. Hi, Jane. Thanks for having me. Oh, such a pleasure. And I must say, I'm really looking forward to our chat because I don't believe that I have had anyone on the show so far talking specifically about public relations or PR, as some people might know it. So I'm really looking forward to to chatting with you about this. Great. (laughs) Okay. So, but before we start this conversation, Can you just tell us a little bit about PR and what, I guess if you focus on the difference between PR and marketing, I I work in small business, I think you work with a lot of small businesses and I don't know about you, but do you find that there's a lot of people that just assume it's all the same thing? Yeah, definitely. And I think, look, PR in itself has a PR problem. A lot of people don't know what the hell it is and what's involved and what you know what what's um what it's all about which is ultimately a problem that i'm trying to solve with my business pr shed and we're on a mission to demystify this dark art as many consider it 
Um, but basically what it is, is it's just telling a story to the right person at the right time um, in the hope that they will share that with their network. So, um, you know, a lot of people will think that that's, you know, just traditional media. So getting a, a feature in the Sydney Morning Herald or a piece on Sunrise. Um, but it can be so much more than that. It can be, you know, getting influencers to talk about your brand. It could be speaking opportunities like this. So for me, this is a PR opportunity today talking to you about what I do. Um, so yeah, it's a real um, mishmash of different things, but the goal is we want people to say good things about your brand and your business. Um, yeah. And it's what they say, perhaps when you're not around as well, that um, yeah, you want them to say, to say the yeah. right thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like um, the words that you described in terms of it's about getting a story in front of the right people at the right time. And marketing is often described as getting the right message in front of the right person at and the right time. And, you know, one of the fundamental differences, I guess, this is, I guess, at a, at a rudimentary level, because the, the lines are blurring a lot between PR and, and marketing more and more, which is why it's yeah. probably so confusing. But I guess that with a lot of marketing, you're actually paying to get a message in front of the right people at the right Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Whereas PR, not so much? Yeah, that's correct. So um, like with advertising, you are paying to have exactly the message that you want to be given to that audience. But you know when you see an advert in the paper that you're being, an ad you're being advertised to and therefore you're more likely to skip over that or be more sceptical of the message that's being communicated. Whereas PR is actually that third person endorsement that's actually really important. It's that credibility or someone else talking about you in a positive light. Um, and when people are coming to make those purchasing decisions, they look up those reviews and they see, you know, someone, you know, from the Sea Morning Herald or whatever has written about your business. And they go, great, that, you know, that's, you know, what I wanted to hear. Whereas if they've seen the advert in the Sea Morning Herald, then they're going to be more likely to go, well, you know, that's it. Of course they're going to say that. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, PR is all about generating earned media coverage or yeah. um, essentially free. So, yeah. you know, if clients are coming to me saying, you know, oh, this person, quite often Vogue are quite, <laughs> quite on this, they'll say, oh, you know, Vogue have phoned me up and, and they want us to um, be featured in the magazine and they got all excited about this opportunity. And actually what it is, is they're being, um, they're then offering you a paid placement in a magazine for like, you know, four or $500, which is, you know, it's nice for you to have that um, testament that you were featured in Vogue, but ultimately you're paying to be there. So it's, it's still the same problem. Yeah. Um, whereas PR is, is actually about generating those unpaid media opportunities and, and um, yeah, placement opportunities for you to get the word out there about your brand. Yeah. And I guess the important um, point to raise here is that this is unpaid media, but it doesn't mean your your PR consultant is unpaid. You still, no. <laughs> you still need to actually pay Correct. for the PR expert to write the media release. Often, yeah. you know, your, people like yourself will have built up really, really good relationships with a lot of journalists and bloggers and people who are in charge of editorial content. So getting people's story in front of people is much easier when you've got those relationships and that's that's what you're paying for. So you won't be paying for the ad space, but you'll definitely be paying for the expert advice and, and help. Yeah, look, um, 
yes, you will be paying for the expert advice and fee time for us to manage it, manage it, and, and put it put you point you in the right direction. Um, but if you compare that to the price of an advertising campaign, I mean that they come in the thousands and thousands. Um, they're you know unaffordable for a lot of small businesses. Yeah. Um, and the other other challenge that you've got is that. Um, you know, you'll get you. You're paying for this message to be out there, um, and it's exactly what you've said. It's it's not that credible third party endorsement, which is is yeah. so so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ideally, for small businesses, you'll have a mixture of of yeah, you know, of of everything, so that you will have a bit of messaging that you can control and branding that you can control. And a lot of the time, I guess, if you're advertising in in papers, you're actually it's 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 a brand message. I mean, I guess travel companies and and there's a few yeah. businesses who have you know special promotions and that sort of stuff. But a lot of the time, it's actually a visual. It's a brand, and it's creating yeah. a touch point, um, and and that's the kind of stuff that that you would pay for because that that visual and that touch point's really um, important. But mixed with some editorial and some third party endorsement around your yeah. business, even more powerful. Yeah, and and look. A lot of the time, people come to me and they've spent an absolute fortune on Facebook ad campaigns, which yeah. there's, you know, absolutely a role for um, yeah. because it is really targeted. You can get your message into the right hands of the right people very quickly and en masse. Um, but they often haven't gone down this unpaid route, um, which they've come, They've you know, they've got a new business, it's really exciting, they're solving someone's problem, they're doing something new because they've spotted this gap in the market, but then they're not doing the, the basics of just telling people that this business it exists, yeah. these are the people that, that are behind it, and this is the problem that it solves. Yeah. So, you know, it's really important that people do that, um, especially yeah. if they're bootstrapped or they're working on a, on a really tight budget, because it is an untapped opportunity. And just because you might be new to marketing or might not have any marketing experience, you shouldn't let that undermine what you're doing and your success in, in doing that. And I, I know it can be really overwhelming because there are so many different facets of marketing and, and a lot of business owners are really overwhelmed with, you know, what, what um, eggs they should put in what basket. But PR most of the time should be the first thing that you do because it is the cheapest and can be the most effective. Mm, mm, interesting. And I think PR too really does allow for that storytelling piece because, as you said, it is so important to actually, um, and particularly if you're looking to kind of humanise the brand or, or add some context into your business and your brand, you know, sometimes advertising, and particularly Facebook advertising and that sort of stuff, it just doesn't allow you to build enough context into your story and in you know and about your business whereas PR allows you to kind of one get that third party endorsement but two it just provides you with a bit more context to to tell your brand story so yeah I, I agree it's really powerful at that yeah. stage um, and like don't you know that if you're paying an expensive PR agency yes that can be just as expensive as doing some of the other marketing tactics 
Um, but there's a lot you can actually do by yourself without employing anyone. Yeah. Um, and they're really simple things that you as a business owner should be able to do. It's an essential skill. Yeah. And even if you just spend a, sh- a little amount of time each month mm. doing small things, it can really pay off in the, in the long run. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a good habit to get into for sure. Yeah, and we're going to touch on some of those in in a minute because I think there'll be a lot of people who want to know what they can be doing in that space, definitely. Now, you know, something that I've noticed as a a marketer is that, well, our our whole landscape has changed. So not just the marketing landscape, but the PR landscape has changed quite instrumentally, you know, over the last 10 years in, in particular. And I think that's seen a real blend of this this content marketing space, you know, this storytelling space really kind of blur between the marketing and, and the PR and, you know, with the introduction of, of influencers and those sorts of things, it really has become quite a... Um, I guess an industry where where it's all it's all kind of blurred together. So it's confusing yeah. for people within the industry, let alone people who are yeah. not. What from a PR perspective, what do you think that the last 10 years of kind of landscape changes have meant for for the PR industry and for those businesses who are wanting to use PR within their business? Look, um, a few things. I think um, obviously the news cycle is moving at such an alarming pace and we've we've seen that um, over, you know, the last few years, what with um, Trump, COVID. I mean, it's just, you know, every news bulletin, you're like, gosh, what's next? And I think, you know, now more than ever, people are are kind of addicted to to the news and and current affairs and what's um, unravelling. So um, finding ways to insert your business into some of those um, key themes that are unrolling is, is really important because we know that people are tuning in to watch this. And so if you can capture people's attention, um, it's going to generate some great exposure for your brand as long as it's done in the right way and, and obviously sensitively given everything that's going on. So just you know, making sure that you know, what you're doing is relevant and you're not just trying to shoehorn um, something into you know, a broadcast which isn't perhaps yes. um, yeah, on brand or on point. Um, yeah. The other thing that is, is massive on the PR side is um, the changing landscape of the newsroom itself. So journalists in general, um, they're few and far between in the newsrooms. Um, their resources are really lean. They don't have lots of time on their hands. They want a story packaged up as well as it possibly can be with everything given to them on a plate. Mm. Um, because, you know, if you're not making the life of a journo easy, then you haven't got a hope that they're actually going to take notice. So it's all about, um, yeah, giving them a great story, making sure that it's timely and, um, and yeah, packaging it up in the right way. So whether that's with some great photography or videography and just making it really clear what the story is um, that's in it for their audience from the outset. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And what about the role of the, I'm just going to call it, for want of a better word, news sharer or the news <laughs> provider? Because... You know, I think one of the biggest changes I've seen is that it's not necessarily just journalists in that space yeah. anymore. You've got, you know, well, bloggers for, for one and then yeah. influencers for others. You know, what, is, what does that mean for, for the PR space? 
Look, there's a few things with influencers and bloggers. Um, you know, they are they ha- they're a media channel in themselves, yeah. um, which is great. You know, some of these have a really sizable following, which is awesome. Um, and the same rule applies. It's it's telling your story to the right people at the right time. And um, a lot of people come to me and they, and they say, you know, should I be paying these people, you know, to collaborate with them or to tell my story? Um, and a lot of my clients, I'm, I'm, I sort of tell, like, you shouldn't really have to pay some of these people because, again, if it's really relevant and you're, you know, following their channel and you know that this is something that they're personally interested in, yeah. then hopefully that should be something that they share with their audience. Yeah. However... Um, these people are content creators. They are people that are doing this for a living. And I think if you can support them in some way or they're producing content that otherwise, you know, you would have had to have paid like a really expensive photographer a couple of grand to shoot and they're actually doing it and then they're going to agree to post it on your channel, then actually that's a really worthwhile investment um, and it's going to build some rapport between you and them. So, um, yeah, I would always try and explore the unpaid or free route first. But if there is kind of, you know, a lot of time investment from their side to do yeah. something, then, it, yeah, it is worth um, perhaps paying them yeah. whatever that might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess they're in a similar situation, not so much the influencers, but maybe the bloggers where, you know, particularly if they've got a regular column or a regular, you know, content piece that's going out, they're always going to be receptive to new content because they've got to yeah. feed the beast. <laughs> they've got to yeah. feed the beast and I'm sure they run out of things to say every now and again and I'm sure they're very happy. Like we don't know what we don't know. So if you're introducing them to new things that are going to be awesome for their audience, well, then that's that's a win for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like these people are looking for content um, and good stories. They just don't always know where to find them. So it takes you to be proactive to tell them about what you're doing and why it's relevant to their audience. So don't miss an opportunity to do that because, um, yeah, it can provide real um, benefits to your brand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see brands and businesses make when it comes to PR? Good question. Um, a lot of people first up simply just not doing it. Um, yeah, so I, as I said, like PR, this has a PR problem and I just think so many people need to understand the value of PR that it can bring their business I I get results for clients and they are absolutely astounded by what a piece on Channel 7 News at prime time can deliver in sales and awareness for their business like it is unbelievable so don't underestimate what you can do um and, and, you know, there's other, there's other media outlets as well. And each one will have a different value to your brand. It might be actually, you know, Seven News Primetime. Okay, yes, it is going to have a big audience share. But um, if you're getting um, online coverage on smaller blogs and sites, that's really going to help your SEO. Um, and, you know, backlinks, as we know, help propel your um, site up, up the Google listing. So there's lots of benefits to different channels. So just make sure that you're exploring all of them. Um, the other thing that is, is um, yeah, big mistake I see people making is um, them reaching out to the wrong people. So mm. they have either got like a really outdated list or they've begged, borrowed and steal, <laughs> stolen it from yeah. somewhere. 
and um, and they literally haven't done their sort of due diligence on who these people are and what they write about. And they're like, well, they're a journalist. I'll just send this story. Um, and actually, it's falling on deaf ears because this person is maybe the sports editor, and their you know their stories about um, you know a local restaurant or something that is completely not this person's beat. And actually, that is probably going to be more detrimental to what you're doing than. Um, you know, if you just left them off the, the list to start with. Um, so that's really important. The other thing is um, making sure that you use a killer subject line. So think of your subject line when you're approaching these people as the headline of this story. What could you see? How could you see them covering this? Um, mm. Because if your story, if your headline is just like right about my business, yeah. they're going to just, they're not even going to open it. These yeah. journalists are receiving thousands of emails every day so you've got to make it clear like why they should open your email and engage with it in the first place so um yeah that's really important and the, and the third thing is probably um, a huge huge mistake um is just people just don't read the media so they might want to be featured in the australian financial review or they want to be featured on some new food blog or whatever but they haven't actually read that publication um, and seeing the sort of stories that they cover because it's really important that you have an understanding of what is actually newsworthy yeah. and what appeals to this publication, this writer, this outlet. Um, yeah. And just a quick scan of the website, can you can suss that out in, in, a, in a matter of minutes. Yeah, 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 that's right. What about with um, following up? So say if you, yeah. you know, send out your, your release to, I don't know, 50, 10, whatever, journos, yeah. you email it out and you've got your killer subject line, you've made sure that you've got the right list of people. How responsive are journalists, bloggers, et cetera, to being kind of followed up? And, and I don't mean pestered. No one likes being pestered. Yeah. But, like, followed up proactively. Yeah. So look, as I said, journalist in inboxes are crammed to the to the max. So um, yeah, if you if you use that killer subject line, it's really going to help you in your in your first opening gambit. Um, but don't be alarmed if they don't reply. Um, mm. Follow up like a couple of days later, um, just as well at a time when they're most likely to be in the office is really mm. going to help. Mm. Um, if your mess, if your first email is at you know five thirty when they're just knocking off for the day you know, the chances are they're not going to read it and it's not going to be top of mind when they come back the next day. So timing is important. Um, and yeah, a follow-up is key. If you've got their phone number as well, um, a lot of journalists say they don't like being um, called, but actually if you do speak to them on the phone, I do find that they are really receptive, especially if you're confident that your story stands a good chance of being picked up. Um, don't be afraid to text them as well. Um, often I'm at the moment I'm getting stories across the line by texting some journos. You might feel like it's a bit intrusive, but we know that emails are kind of, you know, you're just getting absolutely slammed by them. So that's right. Yeah. yeah like just a quick text, you know, not reams and reams of information, just a quick um, pitch, like what story is again, why it's relevant can get it across the line. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good point because I think texting um, not enough people are onto it yet. So, yes. you know, so that yeah, you don't have that crowded inbox um, yeah. challenge there with, with, with texting for that reason. And look, you know, busy people, I, I know when I'm busy, I would much rather receive a text 
than I would a phone call because I just think, oh, you know, who's got the time yeah. to chat on the phone? Just yeah. give me the text and I can respond <laughs> yeah. to that. So I think that's a that's a really, really good point. And most people give mobile numbers now. It's very rare that anyone gives out a landline yeah. these days. So yeah. you should you should have it. Now, apart from the killer subject line and making sure that you have an up-to-date list, are there any other top tips that you have about gaining the media's attention and the best way to make sure that that you are getting your story in front of them? Yeah, look, there's really only two key ways to get publicity. Um, And the first one is being really proactive. So that's, you know, you've got a new launch or whatever it is you're working on, you're sending out a media release and that is news in itself. Um, The second way is being reactive. So that is following the news and finding ways to kind of piggyback what's happening and offer yourself or someone from the company as a spokesperson or finding ways, again, that you can insert yourself into um, what's happening. Um, And a good way to track that and find out like who the key people are um, in the media that are talking about your industry is to sign up for Google Alerts. Um, so with Google Alerts, you can set up various keywords, you can set up your competitors, um, and it's a really good way to track what is going on. And you'll get a real feel for, you know, who's writing what, and you can then from that create like a master list of people who should be on your radar for your next announcement. Um, and you can also offer yourself as a spokesperson, um, you know, maybe you've got a contrasting point of view to whatever else is is happening. Um So don't be afraid to get stuck in and tell these people who you are and what you have to say. Um, A few other really great tools that I use, um, there's SourceBottle, which is um, a platform which connects media to sources for their story. Mm -hmm. Um, You can set up various filters. They send out a couple of newsletters every day with opportunities. Um, So just really make sure you read that and um, see if there's anything that you can get um, involved with. Um, There's quite a lot of other um, platforms like that that do the same. Again, they're all free. They don't cost anything. There's um, Harrow, um, which is um, more US focused. There's another one called Quoted. Um, There's PR journal request on Twitter, which is just using the hashtag and any journos that are looking for content for their stories, they use that. Um, so there's lots of things out there. You've just got to make sure that you are actually looking for those opportunities and then responding in a timely manner. You're not leaving it a couple of days because these journalists are working to deadlines. So you've yeah. got to um, be able to help straight away and, and say, you know, what you can contribute. Yeah, yeah, great. Thanks for that list of tools. That's that's a great list of, of resources. I'd heard of alerts and source bottles, but I hadn't heard of the other ones. So that's good yeah. to know. Um, now, you've actually worked on some big name brands, Google, yeah. Jack Daniels and the like. Can you run us through the kind of PR, like this, this audience, the, the listeners are, are predominantly small business, um, yeah. small business owners or small business marketers um, or other marketers, but like when we're talking the big brands, what kind of stunts do they pull? What kind of PR stuff are you doing for these big guys? Look, it's a real mixed bag. So um, these brands, ultimately, they've been around for a long time. They've, you know, people are familiar with them, but they know it's important to keep that 
momentum up in terms of you know people talking about their brand and what they do so quite often they would come and, and they'd have uh, you know an objective whether it's launching a new product line or it's just generally creating publicity out of nothing um, so we would have to come up with some ideas as to what that would look like um, so you would have running the press office which again can be applied to smaller brands and that is you know looking at the year holistically and what opportunities are there um, which we know the media are going to be talking about what events and milestones the media are going to be talking about that are relevant to this brand that we're working on how can we be a part of it so for Jack Daniels for example it might be World Whiskey Day um, you know things like that that we know they're happening how can we make sure that Jack Daniels is in the running for that um, but beyond that it's you know how can we engage with these different demographics, the different audiences. Um, so, you know, something we did for Google, they were launching their new um, Google Play, which is their um, Play Store. And it was, how can they get, um, how can they compete with like Apple? So um, we, you know, realized it was important to get music influencers on board. So we took them over to the US um, to show them how, um, you know, all the exciting stuff about Google technology in the labs and they got like a sneak preview of everything that was going on over there. We took Jessica Malboy, we took Birds of Tokyo, we took, you know, all these incredible bands to the US. We then showed them the YouTube studios um, and really lifted the lid on the business and gave them, um, you know, exposure and access to Google technology um, and then encouraged them to come up with ways in which they could use Google technology to do something in music that's related to their brand, whether that's launching an album or a single. Um, and that would all be facilitated by Google, um, who's obviously got the cash to back it. And these music artists, although they're huge, they're still, you know, they don't always have masses amounts of money to do these like launches and stuff. So wow. that's just an example. It's big, big stuff, which isn't so relevant to smaller brands, but... Um, the, the exciting thing about smaller brands is, is that they do have these really great stories to tell and they, people can identify with them and they're often doing the more unique stuff because they're fast paced. Um, they're not, you know, working on campaigns, which, you know, are two years in the making. They're doing stuff. They can be, they can turn stuff around quickly and, um, and it's, it's a really exciting space to, to play and the media definitely want to know what you're doing and, um, and support you, especially Australian. They love anything Australian, Australian stories, Australian real people. They love that. So yeah. don't be put off and just think, you know, PR is just for these big organisations with lots of cash. It absolutely isn't. Yeah. But even um, drawing inspiration from what some yeah. of those bigger businesses do, like, okay, so yeah, they've taken Birds of Tokyo and Jessica Malboy, yeah. but in your small business world, which micro influencers might you be able to host or might yeah. you be able to invite along to the launch of something, a product launch or whatever, to get yeah. them excited about it and incorporate yeah. them into that, that, that product and see if they can trial a product or something like Ex that? Exactly. Like any behind the scenes or exclusive access is, is um, really great for um you know welcoming media and influencers into your business so yeah, yeah absolutely do that there's lots of other tips and tricks that kind of big brands do 
um, from, you know, creating events, from um, using research and data. Um, so if you're noticing a trend and you have data to back that up, then absolutely tell the media about what that trend is and announce it because, you know, you can own it and show how you are the experts in this field. So, yeah, there's lots and lots of things that, that um, big businesses do that small businesses can do, yeah. uh, but you just don't have to pay the big cash and the big um, ambassadors to do it necessarily. Yeah. yeah, yeah, love it. So do you actually have any stories or case studies that you can share about small businesses where they've used yeah. PR to generate a great result? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a really good um, example from the last year is um, Pepe Sayer Butter. I don't know if you are familiar with those guys. They're kind yeah. of um, artisanal butter producers. Um, and, you know, during COVID, um, there was obviously like this focus on, on local, going local. Um, and they really wanted to support and champion other artisan makers who perhaps weren't as well known as they were um so what they did was created um this artisan week um, which was hosted by pepe sayer where they would shine a spotlight on these other brands who were you know just as great as they were from you know different um sectors of food and, and drink um and really celebrate what they what they were up to and where they're from and the stories about their business and this, you know, it sounded like a huge thing, Artisan Week, but actually all it was um, was them creating this homage to these people on Instagram. So it wasn't even a real event where they had, you know, a lot of event costs and bringing everyone together. Um, it was just something they did on, on Instagram for a week. And um, they put out a press release saying that this thing was happening and they got a fantastic response. Um, they were featured in the AFR, the Sydney Morning Herald. They were on a lot of the um, TV shows. So, yeah, it was a really great result. And um, it really resonated with a lot of people. And it also um, encouraged people to go and check out these brands that they'd never heard of before. And I think they'll be doing it again this year um, off the back of the success of, of what happened last year. Um, wow. So that, I think, is one um, good case study. And I think, you know... With a lot of these PR stunts and ideas that get traction, um, it's all about, you know, thinking about what's going on in the broader cultural community and thinking about how your brand can be a facilitator or solve a problem that is, you know, currently being experienced by the community at large and talk about that in some way. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, again, that comes down to this timing and relevancy and, and they're the brands that are going to get the most traction if you can, um, you know, show how what you're doing relates to the broader cultural context. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I think too, I mean, that just is such an awesome story about Pepe Sayer and, and, and how they, like I love everything. I just love the creativity of that idea, but I just love the idea of the generosity. So it's not just about Pepe, Pepe Sayer and yeah. what they do and, um you know their product it it celebrates their industry and it celebrates their uniqueness but it encourages that and it and it shines a spotlight on all the other you know people and places in that in that space which is so generous and i guess that's that 
that collaboration and that generosity is something that I guess endears itself to anyone, you know, including yeah. journalists by, by the sounds of things. Absolutely. And I think as well, it works really well because it's that kind of social currency. Yes. It's like, you know, you were going to a dinner party and you might have, you know, tr- traded up and got some Pepe Sayer butter. Um, but actually, we're going to then showcase this really new, amazing um, whiskey or whatever it was that, um, you know, they were they were um, celebrating. So, yeah. you know, whether it was like a new artisan baker or whatever. And then it gives you that kind of, you know, thought starters for content and conversation uh, where you can, you know, enable other people to discover these really great things as well. Yeah. Yeah, God, I love it. Awesome. Um, What about any other PR hacks that small businesses may be able to use? Um, So there's, yeah, there's, God, there's loads. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) some of the ones I've already covered off are just really good um, starting points. Um, But there's some really good tools as well, which I use um, beyond some of the stuff that I've, um, you know, detailed already. Um, one of which is called MailTrack. Um, so a lot of people come to me and they go, oh, I've sent this email out to these journos and I haven't heard a response. And, you know, I don't know if they've even got it. Um, and this, this program's really great because it enables you to track your emails. Um, so you, it's kind of like WhatsApp where you can get double ticks when it's being oh, sent. Yeah. But they're not it's a bit stalkery. Like you, they don't know that you're tracking their emails. You can see when they're active online so that, you know, if you're then sending a follow up, you can see actually this journal is, is online and looking at their emails now. So now might be a good time to send it. Wow. You can also see if they forward it around the office, which is quite a good sign that there's some interest there. side. So you get an alert saying that. So um, if your emails open six months later as well, that's a really good, um, a good sign that again, they're looking at what you've got to say. Yeah. Um, so that's a really great um, tool that I use. Um, and another one, which is, is really good is called GMAS, um, which enables you. So PR success is all about personalization. It's not about spamming a thousand journals with the same email. It's about a carefully crafted outreach yeah. um, and GMAS enables you to create a lot of emails at scale in your drafts so that you can then go in and hyper personalize what that content is so you can talk about um, you know if you this latest story that this person's done that is relevant to what you're doing or you they might have a feature that's you know a regular thing that they do and you can talk about that feature or why you might be a great candidate to be to be profiled in it for example so that's wow. a really good um, a good one yeah um, some other hacks as well don't um pdf press releases never do mm. that just copy and paste into the body of an email um that enables media to find it in their inboxes and search if they're doing a keyword search it also enables them to copy and paste it into an article all of the content rather than a pdf like if you've ever copied and pasted from the pdf it's really annoying painful painful um, that's a great hack. Things- that's a really good tip um, other things just have some really great photography often um, you know if a journal is working on a spread um, and your competitor they've got you and your competitor and your product is 10 times better than your competitors um, 
if your competitor has got better photography, they will be more prominently featured. So, you know, don't scrimp on great assets. Like your photos, as you know, the old saying goes, are worth a thousand words. So just make them look decent. Um, yeah. yeah, if you compromise on that, you're compromising on results. Yeah, you're compromising on your brand. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Gosh, you have just had so many awesome, great tips to share <laughs> in this episode. I feel like I've learned so much. But the good thing about you, Celia, is that you've actually created a, a business that, that helps or a model or product that actually helps small business to get their own PR. Can you tell us a little bit about this and, and where people might be able to go and find some more information about it? Yeah, look, I, um, as I said, like I worked in all these big agencies and I was working for all these big brands and I was getting upset by all these kind of smaller businesses that were coming to me and, um, you know, they weren't able to afford these, these great agencies to do the PR for them. And I thought there's got to be a better way um, for people to experience the value of PR, um, but, you know, learn how to do it themselves. So that's why I created PR Shed, which gives you all the tools you need to do your own publicity. Um, and it's a subscription service where we sit down, we go through your business objectives, and then we give you um, PR leads, which are tailored to what you're trying to achieve. And that could be anything from, um, you know, we know this journal is writing this story, which is, you know, about homewares, and you've got a homewares brand. So we think you'd be a great fit for this. This is the exact pitch you need to send to the, to the journal to get involved. Here's their contact details. It's all written for you. All you have to do is hit send um, wow. and you'll get a certain number of those leads. There's three different packages to choose from each quarter. Um, and yeah, basically you can stick your hand up, get involved and get, get results. So it's wow. yeah, an affordable PR service. There's no one else doing it in the world. Our clients get amazing results. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's awesome. Okay. So so if you subscribe to this, you, you set your strategy in place and then yeah. so you guys know, you know, like say, for example, if I said, right, can I, you know, do this with Dragonfly Marketing? So you get across what my objectives yeah. are and who I'm trying to aim yeah. to, to get in front of, et cetera, et cetera, and then put a little bit of a strategy t- together and then each month you would, you guys would be looking out for leads and you, you've got the contacts within the industry and you know what yeah. kind of angles. So then you would just send that back to me all ready to go and then I just yeah, press you literally send. So send. it comes from yeah. me, but oh, my yeah. God, wow. And you own, the re- easy. you own the relationships. Um, you see what we're sending to the journalists. Um, the journalists don't care if they hear from me or you. They don't yeah, care. Like, a lot of people think it's about relationships. They just care it, that it's a good story. The story. There's yeah. all this data on these websites. They can see who's clicking on what. It's not like the old days of PR where it's, you know, your mate, do us a favor, get this yeah, story up. Interesting. It's about the story, the quality of the story. So we help you frame that up in the right way. We approach the media in the right way. We do all the research in the back end to go, oh, we know this person is doing this feature and we know that that's right for you and you'd be a great fit for this. So we connect the dots and then all you have to do is send. Um, and as I said, like our clients get fantastic results. Um, they're on TV, they're in the newspapers. And newspapers are still very relevant 
by the way. Uh, yeah. That's another point worth making. Yeah. Because um, they yeah. often dictate the radio and broadcast schedules for the day because that's what the morning producers look at when they come in in the morning. So don't think no one reads mm. newspapers anymore. Mm. They do. They are, they are good. They are good still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are they reading yeah. them still in their print form or are they reading the content online, do you think, Celia? So the producers for the other media outlets are definitely reading them in print. Yeah. Um, but yeah, online is, is great, as I said before, for like SEO. If you've got, um, you know, if you're featured on the Herald Sun or the Age or whatever, um, and, you know, you've got a backlink to your site, that is really, really valuable. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah interesting. Don't, don't underestimate. The power of print. Still yeah, there. Oh, still I love there. it. Very oh, nice look, as, as a Gen X, I just love the tangibility of print. You know, I just I love flicking through something and being able to select my news out of a big pool of news instead of just being served up individual articles. So mm. I'm all about that. Awesome. Um, PR Shed sounds amazing. If any of our listeners want to go and find out more information, where do they find you and PR Shed? Yeah, so just go online, all our pricing's on the website, it's prshed.com. Um, any, if you want any help with anything PR related, I'm always happy to have a chat and, um, yeah, give you some advice. So is it the best way to get in touch with you via the website or yeah. are you on socials? Yeah, prshed.com. We're also on Instagram, prshed and Facebook. So, yeah, look us up Brilliant. or you can contact me on celia at prshed.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Celia. I really, really appreciate all of that uh, insight. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will as well. So thank you. Thanks again for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. Hey, if you're really enjoying these episodes and feel like they are helping you become a better marketer, head into your podcast app and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode and the marketing goodness will just keep flowing in. And if you know a small business owner who you think might also find this episode helpful or any of the other episodes helpful, please grab a screenshot of the episode and send it over to them. And of course, I always love to hear back from you in the form of ratings and review. It uh, helps other businesses find the podcast and it also makes me smile. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, everybody, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.